What's up, world? This is Jesse Rich with Jesse Rich Podcast, and how are y'all doing today, Wednesday Drivers? Today is going to be one of those fun podcasts that I like to do, and I am going to do it on a couple of the lore stories from League of Legends. i seen that a couple of y'all were listening to the creation of the universe, which I know was very long, but now we can break it down from champion to champion and tell the stories as they were told in the universe now that we have the whole thing built. So today I'm going to hit at least two of them. I want to tell Kindred and Arleon Soul, I believe is how you pronounce it, or Arion Soul. Um, we in the community normally just call him Absol for, um, he's an AP character, so AP Soul for short. But I want to tell at least those two, Absol's, or uh, Alerian Soul is very long, so I might not get to the third one. Depends on how long the podcast is because I kind of don't want to just keep giving you all a bunch of really long podcasts that at that point just sounds like I'm rambling on instead of giving you all actual good content. But if I get done with those two, we will go to Bard. So the very first one that was mentioned in the creation of the universe was Kindred, then Arleon Soul. I have them all in order from when they were created in the universe. And then there's about uh, 20, maybe 30 that weren't mentioned at all in there or you would have to look up where they are from to see when around about time they were made in the universe. But those will get to last. Other than that, I'm going to go through the order of how they appeared in the universe build. And I hope you all really enjoy this. I'm kind of making it as a fun audiobook of the League of Legends lore of their great writers and their writing. I really enjoy reading the lores and I want to go through all of them. Also, it'll make you appreciate just a little bit more your character as you play them. I like to read them. Uh, one character I'm not good at playing, but I really like his lore is Warwick. Warwick's um not my type of gameplay. I can't read, and it's probably just because I need more practice, but I can't read how to play him. But his lore, when I read it, gave me kind of like almost the chills type thing. I really like it. It's interesting. So... I really hope you all enjoy this segment. If you're not a League of Legends player, but you do like storytelling, just listen and you might enjoy it as well. So, let's get right to it. Kindred, forest for the trees. The battle spilled over like a feast before them. Such delicious life. So many to end. So many to hunt. Wolf paced in the snow while lamb danced lively from the sword edge to spear tip. The red blood and butchering never stained her pale coat. Their courage and pain here. Wolf, many will gladly meet their end. She drew up her bow and let loose an arc to swift finality. The last breath of a soldier came with a ragged constant as his shield gave away to the heavy axe. Stuck in his heart was a single white arrow, shimmering with ethereal brilliance. Courage bores me, 
The great black wolf grumbled as he tracked through the snow. I am hungry and eager to chase. Patience, she murmured in his saggy ear. As soon as the words left her, Wolf's shoulders tensed and his back dropped low to the ground. I smell fear, he said, trembling with ex excitement. Across the muddied field of snow, a squire, too young for battle, but with blade in hand nevertheless, saw that Kindred had marked all in the valley. I want the tender thing. Does it see us, lamb? Yes, but it must choose. Feed the wolf or embrace me. The battle turned its steel toward the squire, so now stared at the rolling tide of bravery and desperation coming for him. This would be his last dawn. In that instant, the boy made his voice. He would not go willingly. Until his last breath, he would run. Wolf snapped in the air, rolled his face in the snow like a little pup. Yes, dear wolf. Lamb's voice echoed like a sting of pearly bells. Begin your hunt. With that, Wolf bonded across the field after the youth, a howl thundering through the valley. His shadowed body swept over the remains of the newly dead and their useless shattered weapons. The squire turned and ran for the woods until thick black trunks passed in a blur. He pressed on, the frozen air burning his lungs. He looked once more for his hunter, but could see nothing but the darkened trees. The shadows closed tightly around him, and he suddenly realized there was no escape. It was the black body of Wolf that was everything at once. The chase was at its end. Wolf buried his sharp teeth into the squire's neck, tearing out ribbons of vibrant life. Wolf revealed in the boy's scream and crunching bones. Lamb, who had trailed behind, laughed to see such sport. Wolf turned and asked in a voice more grog than speech, Is this music, Lamb? It is to you, she said. Again, Wolf licked the last drop of the youth's life from his canine jaws. I want to chase again, little lamb. There are always more, she whispered, until the day there is only kindred. And then you will run from me. Lamb turned back to battle. I would never run from you, dear wolf. Aurelion Soul, The Twin Dawns. 
This world's familiar sun still hides below the horizon. Cruel and unpolished earth unflutters below. Mountains contorted into barriers that stretch like fingers across empty scrublands. Palaces, or rather what passes for palaces, fail to loom over anything but the squattiest of hills. The curvature of the planet meets the stars with a serenity and grace fell or few of the dwellers below will ever witness. They are so scattered across the globe and gasp so blindly for any sort of understanding that it is no surprise they've been conquered and don't even comprehend their predicament. The fair, the fiery scene, the fiery sheen I've gathered as I streak toward my preordained destination illuminates the world beneath me. Pockets of warring, fearful, rejoicing life tucks itself into any fertile nook it can find below. Oh, how they gaze at the point as I streak over their heads. I've heard the names they've called me. Prophet. Comet. Monster. God. Demon. So many names, all missing the mark. In a vast stretch of desert, I feel a twinge of familiar magic emanating from the seat of the premier civilization amongst these savages. Lo and behold, a massive sun disk is under their cruel master sees me, a streaking bolt of fire, as a potent of good omen, no doubt. My passing will be etched in their uncouth pictograms upon common stone, a homage to a great comet, the blessing of the sky god gracing their holy works, and so forth. The disc purpose is to funnel the sun's majesty into the most renowned of these fleshly humanoids, transforming them into exactly what this planet needs, more insufferable demigods. This effort will Undoubtedly backfire, but I suppose they might last a brief while, perhaps a thousand years or so, before they fall and are supplemented by others. The desert below fades into a night trailing behind me as I streak onward across the lonely steeps, then overrolling brown hills gently flecked with greenery. The pastoral scenery builds a field splattered with blood and littered with the dead and dying. Survivors hack away at each other with raw-hued axes and screamed battle cries. One side is losing quite badly. Stag skulls rest atop pikes, struck are stuck into the soil next the wraithing warriors. The few still on their feet are encircled by soldiers riding great shaggy beasts. 
those defeated surrounded few see me. A valance seems to surge through their veins. The wounded rise and grasp their axes and bows in a final stand that throws their foes off guard. I don't linger to see the rest of the little clash play out because I've seen this scenario unfold a thousand times. The survivors will scratch my comet likeness into a into their cave walls. In a thousand years, their descendants will fly my image on banners and undoubtedly ride into a tedious similar battle. For all their efforts to capture and record history, one ponders why they do not learn from their mistakes. That is a lesson even I had to suffer. I'll leave them to perpetuate their bleak cycle. My trajectory reveals more inhabitants. Their collective repertoire of reactions span the typical gamont pointing, kneeling, sacrificing virgins upon stony altars. They look up and see a comet and never ask what lies beneath the blazing facade. Instead, they stamp it on their own self-centered worldviews, muddingly the slender of my vision. The few more advanced life forms and I used to or use that description loosely. Gaze up and jolt down my coordinate in scientific almanacs instead of using me as a prophecy fodder. It's mildly refreshing, but even their developing notions of intellect seem to indicate I am a regularly appeared phenomenon with a predictable orbit. Oh, the feats they could accomplish if only. Well, no use dwelling on the wasted potential of the simple-minded terrestrial born. It's not entirely their fault. Evolution does seem to have a difficult time gaining traction of this world. But alas, the novelty of such infantile antics has worn thin. The grasping energies of my magical bondage have dragged me from one paltry world to another for centuries. Now it has led me back to this familiar and unpleasant rock. The star that floods its surface with light was one of my earliest creations, a confluence wrath of love and radiance. Ah, that cherished moment when she flared to life with colors only her creator could see. How I miss a star crackling new energy warming my face and trickling through my fingers. Each star gives off a unique energy, precious and reflecting its creator's soul. They are cosmic, cosmic snowflakes, burning in defiance of the infinite dark. Unfortunately, the memories I long to dwell upon are tainted by betrayal. Yes, this was the place where Targon lured me into servitude. But now is not the time to linger on past mistakes. 
those Mustang aspects want me to to seal yet another breach. In their name, of course. Then I see her. This world imbued warrior is alone at the peak of one of the smaller summits, brandishing a starstone sphere. She watches me through a veil of annex flesh, a mere spark masquerading as lightning. A thick braid of auburn hair is draped over her shoulder, falling over the golden breastplate that covers pale, freckled skin. Her eyes, the only bit of her face not shielded by the battle war helmet, flash a jarring shade of red. She calls herself Pantheon, the warring fury of Targon incarnated. She is not the first of this world to wear the Pantheon mantle, nor will she be the last. Her glittering cape flaps out behind her as she raises her muscled arm and makes a motion like she's pulling on a great chain. The tug of my cruelly enchanted tethered wretches me, of course, toward the mountain upon which she stands and she yelled at, yelling at me. She cries out with a voice that booms inside my head, transmitting through this insufferable star gem coronet. All sounds fade as she invites as she invades my head. Dragon, she says as if I'm a weak winged beast of based orange flame. Luckily, if it can ignite a tree. Seal their gate, she commands, gesturing to the bottom of the rock crevice with her pointy little sphere. I don't need to see the violent erosion of reality swirling below. I could smell the festering mesma that poisons this world before I even arrive. I fix my eyes on Pantheon instead. She expects me to fall in line like a dog on its leash. Today will be different, for I've learned from my mistakes. Dragon! I purr. Are you sure commanding me which such a low name is wise? Pantheon grips her spear, loosening just enough for her to fumble the weapon for a fraction of a second. She takes a step back away from me as if she's as if a single stride distance could protect her from me seal the gate she says again barking louder as if perhaps the previous command went unheard her volume does little to mask the quivering in her voice she thrusts her spear towards me as if such a tiny weapon could pierce me this is the time i've ever seen an aspect of Targon shaken. She's not used to having to tell me twice. I will deal with those chittering horrors in due time, dear Pantheon. Do as your command, dragon, 
this pantheon shouts, or this world is lost. This world is lost the moment Targon surrendered itself to arrogance. I feel pantheons seething mingle with confusion as she struggles to grab hold of my immaterial reins. She only just now sensing that I have come to learn Targon is distracted and does not sense its magic faintly, evening from my bonds. Pantheon bellows once more, and this time I could not resist. The cruel enchantment regains sovereignty over my will. I turn my attention toward the source of the breach, nestled in the basin of the once verdant valley. Now strangled with creeping purple masma, I sense the void-born provisions of life tunneling through reality, ferment, sending tides of unseen energy coursing through the ether. They shred the veil that separates nothingness and form with their unwelcome passing. They're drawn to me. Those multi-ad carapace abominations, they seek to devour me. The greatest of their threats. From the reaches of my mind, I conjure an image of a solar furnace. I, kindle, I kindled before my fettering, which once ignited the hearts of stars. I lance out beam of pure starfire and incineration incinerate wave after wave of those gnashing horrors driving them backward into their oblique infinity smoldering husk rain from the sky i'm a little surprised they aren't whole, wholly disintegrated but then again the void born don't know how things work in this universe. A pulsing sickness lingers in the air from the epicenter of the corruption. I feel a will hungry and indomitable and far from the typical mindlessness I, accu I accustomed to from these void-born aberrations. The pulsating wound on reality yawns and buckles, distorting and warping all it touches. Whatever exists on the other side is laughing. Pantheon shouts another command at me, but I ignore her words. This anomalous fissure in the universe entraces me. This is not the first of its kind I've had to deal with, but this one feels different and I can't help but admire the marvelously terrifying manipulation of the barriers between realms. Few beings can fathom its complexities, let alone possess the sheer magnitude of power needed to rend the fabric of existence. In my heart, I know a wound so exquisite could never be orchestrated by scuttling creatures. No, there must be more behind this intrusion. I shudder at the thought of what kind of entity is capable of inducing such a volatile rift.
I don't need Pantheon's barked orders to tell me what I do next. Her array of requests has always been of a rather limited imagination anyways. She wants me to hurl a star at the rift as if one can simply cautalize such moldering interdimensional abrasions and be done with it. These obtruse demigods are my captors. Fine, at least they not too far off from their logic by thinking a few searing cosmic wonders will remedy this problem. I will play the role of the obedient servant just a little while longer. I enjoy what I do next, partly because they'll remember it, partly because it feels good to let a little of the old power loose, but mostly because I wish to remind whatever intelligence that controls this void incursions that nobody laughs at me in my plane of existence. The base elements in the atmosphere rally to my cause, accreting into a plasmic anomaly. The swelling stardust detonates at my unspoken command. The result is a dwarf replica of one of my majestic glories burning in the depths of space. After all, it can't fling a full-fledged star at this fragile world. The young star's shimmering brilliance flies into my, flies from my hand. It's jointed by two sisters, always by my side. They careen around me in a radiant ballad. Their white hot cores devouring the gathering clouds of dust and matter I drawn toward us. They become a storm of stars. The night sky incarnates a maddening gear of starfire. I conjure eddies of searing stardust, exalting a heat so pure and dense it collapses the aura of its world just the tiniest bit forever marring the planet's curvature coruscating strands of stellar flame pirouette from the center of the rift gravity melts in undwelling waves of color most eyes will never be able to witness my stars warp matter as more fuel coalesces into their cores, causing them to shine brighter, burn harder. The whole spectacle is breathtaking, a cascading dance of blinding light and searing heat so hot that for a fleeting moment, new spectra are birthed into existence. My spine tingles just a little bit at how good it feels. Trees splintered, rivers evaporated, the mountain wails of the valley crumbling in smoky avalanches. The tireless laborers erecting their sun disk. The soldiers taking the hill. The stargazers, the worshippers, the terrified, the doomsday's prophets, the hopeless, the rising kings.
all those who beheld the streaking comet with selfish eyes witnessed the ensuring supernova as an early dawn. Across this pitiful glow, my radiance turns darkest night to blinding day. What fictions will they conjure to explain this phenomenon? Even my Targaryen masters have rarely witnessed such a display of my power. Certainly no terrestrial world has ever borne scars as severe as what is left of that once verdant valley. When I'm finished, nothing remains. Not even this incarnation of Pantheon. I can't say I'll miss her and her mindless barking. In the glowing aftermath of my carnage, the smoldering once mountain collapses into a molting rumble. Streams now flowing through the valley. This is the scar I have left upon this world. A surge of damning pain shoots through my body, radiating from the from that infernal crown I am about to pay. My head snaps up and my eyes drink the bitter sight of a dying star. My heart claps shut. My mind reels. An overwhelming sense of despair ricochets through my very soul, emanating from a deep and immediate sorrow like the pulsating realization you've lost something precious and know it's all your fault. Some curious life forms I've met long ago once asked how it was possible for me to remember every star I created. If only they could feel what it was like to create a single star, they would understand the sheer irrelevance of that question. That's how I know when even one of my darlings winks from out from existence in injecting jets of energy and with it a very substance of my own spirit i see her death kneeled in the heavens above she signs brightly last time in a pyroclasm that momentarily drowns her brothers and sisters my heart shatters as the heavens are diminished in brutal retribution for turning my power on one of Targon's own. A son is the price of a single pantheon. This is the cost of my unfiltering wrath. This is the kind of boorish sorcery I must deal with. Within seconds, they have regained control of my reins and call on a new task. On no one, on no other world have I exhibited such a display of freedom, no matter how fleeting it was. What's more is that I have learned from their mistakes. A bit of me is free now, and in time I will return to this world tapped into this mysterious well of energy and cast off the rest of my tether. I tune into the essence of war, twisting and contorting within fleshly vessels scattered across the cosmos. It wasn't ha I wasn't it wasn't happy about losing its mortal avatar on this world. 
already a new doomed host has been chosen to transform into the next iteration of Pantheon. A soldier from the Rakor, a tribe who cling to the base of Targon's mountains, symphoning off it, or siphoning off its power like barnacles. One day I shall meet this new incarnation of Pantheon. Perhaps he will learn to find a new weapon and abandon that ludicrous sphere. I sense Pantheon's celestial kin scattered across the cosmos. In a single instance, all of their attention is focused on this world, where one of their earthly aspects was vaporized by their own weapon. Their confusion is mingled with a growing desperation as they contend with each other to regain their control over me. How I wish I could see their faces. As I launch myself from the gravity of this world, this Runeterra, I see, I sense an emotion I have never felt from Targan before. Fear. Bard, the Wandering Caretaker Bard travels through realms beyond the imagination of mortal beings. Some of Valorant's greatest scholars have spent their lives trying to understand the mysteries he embodies. This enigmatic spirit has been given many names throughout the history of Valorian, but titles such as Cosmic Vagabond and great caretaker only capture a fleeting aspect of his true purpose. When the unknowable structure of the universe is threatened, Bard steers all existence away from utter annihilation. So that was pretty much his biography. It was really short. Um, I hope you all enjoy this segment. Like I said, I'm going to try to do about two or three uh, on these next few Wednesdays, just to give you kind of like an audiobook storytelling type podcast in the middle of all the other stuff I do. Uh, I really like doing the interesting facts, but I think I kind of want to try to start doing interesting facts on a certain thing. So I'm going to try to find out what I want to do that on. Or if you all have ideas, go ahead and, you know, send me a message, you all. I have my discord normally set up on here i have my twitter i have you know my instagram and you all can just message me on what you think is um what you think would be pretty cool for me to do it on uh but i was talking to a buddy of mine at work today and what we were talking about today i had a lot of fun with and i've never really researched so i might put some of that in there either way i'm going to probably stick to a subject later on on Mondays for either interesting facts, keep that up, or kind of change it up with some other storytelling that you all might enjoy and try to keep it on a certain segment. But Wednesdays will be, until I get through these League of Legends lures, we'll be doing the League of Legends lures. 
Uh, Friday is always, of course, just that fun podcast. Probably me playing a game or having a guest star, just doing something silly. And then Mondays, I'm probably going to start trying to stick to a certain subject, if that would be something you all would enjoy. So just hit me up. Let me know. Uh, I can see my audience slowly growing, which I think is really cool. Don't forget to support my podcast. That way I can continue to do it and do it more often. Also, if you are interested in checking out a stream, I am on Twitch. Again, everything is under Jesse Rich. And I love you all. Don't forget to tell your all's friends and family to come check me out. Don't forget to hit support. Don't forget to hit subscribe on Twitch. I love you all. Later.